to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers cutback podcast time. Another interesting conversation to be had because there's a lot of information coming from 49ers land from signings to injuries to future moves. There's a lot of discussion that needs to be made. um, And I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely. And if y'all didn't know, uh, the 49ers run Boston. So thanks to J-Dog HBP 49ers run Boston for the subscribe. Uh, Apparently we run Boston and not the Patriots. Good to know. I like that. I love it. Hey, J-Dog. Shout out from Boston. Shout out from Boston. Thanks for the sub, J-Dog. Appreciate it. Big time. Uh, Look, there's a lot of things to talk about, though, like you talked about, Ant, like you brought up, like you mentioned, a lot of news happening, a lot of moves being made, and a lot of them, obviously, because of the confirmation today that Jason Verrett is officially done for the year. ACL tear absolutely sucks. Absolutely heartbreaking to hear. Uh, Raheem Mostert, some better news, I guess. Yes, he's got some right and chip in the knee cartilage. He's going to be out eight weeks. He's going to have surgery as well to clean that up. Uh, So that's eight weeks on the shelves. That's eight weeks most likely of Elijah Mitchell manning the helm in the backfield um, with potentially some Javike Lacey sprinkled in and maybe even some Trey Sermon. We'll see how that running back room now plays out. Um, Also good news, Ant, Jeff Wilson Jr., five weeks away. So get a little bit of help there from the running back room in five weeks, you know, three weeks before Mostert gets back. So adding some depth. Uh, adding some pieces there. So that's the good news, right? There'll be a roster spot available for Jeff Wilson to take up without us having to move somebody. Uh, but then after that, Raheem Mostert will be back in the fold. Yeah. When Jeff Wilson gets back, that's going to be big. We're going to have these young cats getting it done for us in the interim. Um, and they all have a skill set that will work nice. Uh, Jamichael Hasty has a full understanding of this offense. He operated very well as a third down back for Kyle Shanahan against Detroit. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was, you know, doing what he needed to do. He was getting his foot in the ground, getting upfield, getting vertical, um, squeezing into tiny holes, running very hard, breaking uh, arm tackles. I thought he looked fantastic. And now Trey Sermon is going to be up and he's going to be expected to carry some of the weight. Um, He wasn't somebody that Kyle Shanahan said was one of the best um, three running backs on the team. The other guys had beat him out. But let's think about that. Elijah Mitchell, a guy that didn't play very much during the um, preseason, beat him out. Now, we saw practice a few times and we were on the – we were on the train that Elijah Mitchell looked really good. I didn't think he was going to be able to, you know, outdo um, Trey Sermon just because of Trey Sermon's position, you know, coming out of the draft. And Sermon didn't look bad. It wasn't like he ever looked bad. So no one think that he looks bad. But Elijah Mitchell did look better than him. That is 100% correct from everything that we saw. And he beat him out. So now we got to ask the question, what can Trey Sermon add to this offense? And is he going to be able to develop in the interim? Or did the 49ers running back room take a huge hit with Raheem Mostert being gone? We understand the dynamics of him being gone, but how much of a hit is this going to take? And how much is the 49ers offense going to change without having Raheem Mostert in it? You would think a lot, right? Because while Elijah Mitchell does have some of the top end speed, it's not Raheem Mostert level top end speed. Uh, Now, the good news is, is that Elijah Mitchell showed something that we needed to see out of him in this, this week one game, which is if Raheem Mostert's not out there and you're the next guy up, right? Can you handle the workload? Can you be the guy that touches the ball a lot? Yes. The answer to that question is yes for now. Um, Again, you don't know what's one game, right? You don't want to overreact, but I like what I saw out of him, the way he ran. Um, You know, the Lions had to respect the heck out of him and what he had been doing and really stacked that box late and really tried to, you know, dared the 49ers to throw the football. And Kyle Shanahan talked a little bit in this presser about why they took the foot off the gas and 
why they made some of the decisions that they made late in that game, right? There was just so much going on. The Verrett injury, you were just trying to get off that field without any more casualties and really just kind of laying back and letting things happen and letting things unfold and just trying to escape with a win. You almost didn't. Luckily, you come out of there with a W, and they won't make that mistake ever again. Like getting that and letting one situation, um, you know, one guy going down affecting how you're viewing the game and how you're trying to control and dictate the game. Uh, but Elijah Mitchell, it's it's big. It's huge that he stepped up in the way he did. Trey Sermon, though, a lot of questions now. What role is he going to have? Because it looks like Elijah Mitchell has taken over RB1 responsibilities for the 49ers. 2020 allowed uh, this to happen, right? Because you had the snowball effect of the injuries against the New York Jets, and it just continued to trickle all throughout the year. So you got a knee-jerk reaction from Kyle Shanahan. I don't blame him as a coach. Not at all. I would be worried about that, too. There, you're in a little bit of shell shock. You have a guy like Jason Verrett who you know you're depending on, you're expecting to play very well, and then he goes down. Um, so you're like, wait a second. Let's get all pro Fred off the field. Let's get D4. Let's get Nick Bosa. Let's get these guys hey, out. You also had Dre, right? Yeah. Go down with a little bit of a, a little a, bit a of groin a groin issue. issue. Yeah. Um, you know, and you already have Mosley that's out. You already have Kinlaw that, you know, you know Kinlaw's trending in the right direction, but he's been out. And so you're just like in shell shock, like, no, let's get him off the field. We can still win um, with all these guys off the field. He wasn't wrong in the in the end. He had to put them back on a little bit because um, it got out of hand with some of the stuff that happened. But you're right. But figuring out what Trey Sermon is going to add to this offense, we think it's going to be more interior. Yeah. So it was also going to depend, I think, who suited by what game plan they had in. It was obvious from the, the jump against Detroit, it was all predicated on getting outside the tackle box. Um, whether that was outside zone or with the the sweeps, the, the sweeps. tosses. I mean, they ran, yeah, they ran so many sweeps. It was I couldn't couldn't count how many sweeps they were. Well, in. and that's what they do to some of these teams, right? They take advantage of certain situations. You know, someone's very stout in the middle. Their their defensive linemen aren't going to be able to track a lot of these plays down. You get you know slower linebackers inside where you can take advantage of them on the outside. And when they do over pursue, you cut back. Um, they were doing that at a very consistent you know basis. It, it looked very nice. And this is what you expect from them taking advantage of a defense's weakness. That's what they're going to do week in and week out. So we don't know exactly what the game plan is going to be. I watched a little bit of Philly so far. Um, I watched a little bit of their game. I think I watched about three quarters of it so far. But I haven't got to break it down completely. I'm waiting for all 22 films so I can really get into it, see the different angles, and break. Today at noon Eastern yeah. is when it's supposed to be. And I'm going to break into it, you know, see what's going on, and then try to see what I think Kyle Shannon and uh, Mike McDaniel will do. I don't know if I'll be correct, but I'm going to, I'm going to definitely try to look at it from their uh, point of view. And now they know what tools they're going to have. They know they have Mitchell. They know they have Hasty. And they know they have Trey Sermon. So now they're going to be able to use those guys to their advantage. The one key that is nice for them is they also have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and those guys that can help in the run game. Trey Lance that can also add an extra element to your offense in the run game. So the offense will be okay. Um, it's just going to be a little bit different because Mostert gave you the whole shot potential that you're losing now because he's out. But I feel comfortable with the running back room, even though it is tremendously young. Um, it is going to be a nice glimpse into the future because we don't know how much longer Raheem Mostert is going to be with this football team. Correct. And here's the big thing, too, with this is you cannot forget that Kyle Shanahan has had a lot of success with young running backs, unknown running backs, unnamed running backs, guys that you've never heard of, guys that had no business rushing for 1,000 yards in the NFL and being one of the elite backs yardage-wise. He's gotten it done before. So this isn't something that isn't doable. It's not something that's not possible. And this doesn't mean that the the run game, the end of the run game is nigh, right? It's not, it's not nigh. Uh, this this guy can get it done. Elijah Mitchell showed a, uh, something that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't even show last year, and that was the the speed to be able to get around the edge and break away, right? Break away from guys in space. Jeff Wilson Jr. just ran through people and was able to physically bully his way um, into the end zone and through defenders to get to the, his area. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell showed he can break tackles, right? He can break those arm tackles. He can get outside, but when he gets outside, he can also get away. Will he get away from everybody? No. 
Uh, but can he get away from a lot of people? And most people in the NFL, probably. There's a good chance of that. So I, I'm not worried too much about the run game because a lot of it's predicated on the offensive line play. Um, and we had we had three of our three of our offensive linemen grayed out as some of the best players according to PFF, which you take those with a grain of salt uh, until you watch Trent Williams yeah. decimate people, and you're like, no, that's just accurate. That's yeah, just an accurate I, assessment. Of I what don't happened. pay attention to PFF anymore. Try not to. But they graded out three of our linemen as three of, three of the top linemen in the NFL. Trent Williams obviously graded out as the top. Um, and it was fair. I mean, the guys they pointed out, Lincoln Tomlinson had himself a day. Daniel Brunskill had himself a day. A nice pancake that we saw during highlight watches as well, um, as well as Mike McGlinchey with some pancakes. I mean, the O-line, top to bottom, played solid. And if the O-line is going to continue to play at that level, uh, we got some good things coming. Uh, the good news Eagles run defense didn't look too great in week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Davis very early on was getting what he wanted, and Cordero Patterson, a wide receiver turned hybrid running back, had himself a nice early afternoon anyway running the football uh, before the, you know things got out of hand for Atlanta. So that bodes well for San Francisco. That doesn't bode not in their favor. That bodes in their favor. Yeah, exactly. I think there's going to be opportunities to run the football, and this might be the week um, from what you know I watched that game as well. It looked like you could gash the Eagles up the middle a little bit. Um, that's where Trey Sermon comes in. That's a, a place where he operates well with the big physical body, the nice vision. Um, those are going to be places where you can use him and, and take advantage of his skills. The question is going to be now, because the 49ers only have three running backs uh, you know, on the roster, are they going to reach out to somebody else? Are they going to try to bring in another running back, somebody, sign somebody off a practice squad? Uh, running backs have been going down all over the league. Um, so now the question is, can you find a depth guy? Maybe they need to bring someone in, put him on the practice squad, something of that nature to make sure that you have another guy. Even though you only plan on suiting three up, you definitely want to have something, you know, somebody in your system learning in case something happens to one of these guys, which you never hope happens. So who that is going to be is going to be interesting. I'll have to look at all the um, practice squads. I'll give Jason Aponte a little bit of shout-out. He put uh, Duke Johnson out there. He's on a practice squad. Okay, okay. Um, so he's somebody that, that maybe the 49ers could, could look at. I thought that was a good idea. Um, so there's going to be an interesting thought process there with that. I know that we already have interesting thought processes at other positions where the Niners have had injuries. They're going to have to make moves. Running back is just one of them. But eventually we're going to get Raheem Mostert back, and we're going to be able to put him with Jeff Wilson and then two of these other backs on the active roster, and they're going to be, you know, we're going to be just where we want to be. Hopefully Raheem can stay healthy this time. I feel bad for him. I, I mean, he's just a good dude. He really wants to play, and he just had bad luck. That's just freak, yeah. dude. That's a freak thing. Yeah. Uh, getting Taking a shot to the knee and it chipping some cartilage is not a normal thing that happens. No, it's not, and it's unfortunate. You know, it really is. And uh, I think what was even more unfortunate was Jason Brett being out for the year. Um, mm-hmm. It's a guy that we're huge fans of. We really like his game. We like him as a person. We think he's just a good dude. And, I mean, for him to battle back and finally be healthy and then something like this happen is just gut-wrenching. Non-contact, yeah. literally just trying to plant and stick and sp- it's stick in space, right? And his, his feet just... Well, no, he kind of gets pushed yeah. a little bit. It, I mean, there is a little bit of a push-off, and he kind of loses his footing on that turf. I mean, and, and you know what? The other cornerback for the, the Lions, Jeff Akuda, he's done for the year, too, with the torn Achilles. Yep. Um, this is this is unfortunately what happens a lot on turf. It is. I mean, you, you step wrong. I mean, this is the same sort of thing that happened with Bosa, except his was contact. But a lot of times when you have an ACL or an Achilles, it's non-contact out there playing, planning exploding these guys are pushing their bodies to the limits and then it takes it you know it takes hold um but the 49ers didn't waste time we thought they were going to maybe make a move at some point maybe let this play out um they did not let this play out they Mm -hmm. went out there and and executed and got somebody in right away and they went ahead and got drake kirkpatrick a veteran of the league uh spent some time in cincinnati and then um you know last year he was with arizona and he didn't have a bad year with arizona over 50 tackles he had three interceptions um started i think 14 games it was it was a it was a very nice uh, season for him. 
I know a lot of people said he was trending down, but to me, that is a, a successful season compared to his 2019 season where he was, he definitely fell off. I thought last year was a little bit of a bounce back. Um, you put him with this defensive, you know, pass rush and this defensive scheme where he's going to be able to play a lot of zone and maybe he could be successful. They said he looked really good when he had his tryout a while back. That's why the 49ers are working out guys. They're always um, looking to bring someone else in. So we, I thought maybe we would wait for Harris to come off the IR or something like that, you know, for them to make a move. They did not wait. They're going to get uh, Kirkpatrick. Will this be the only move they make? I don't know. But Alex, do you think Kirkpatrick can pay instant dividends for the 49ers? Instant dividends, yes, because it's going to be an upgrade over, you know, not having Jason Brett out there. And if you don't have Mosley, you're having a roll with what? Dante Johnson or Aubrey Thomas. You're going to have to go that route. Um, this is an upgrade. Um, and for the people saying, you know, he was trending down, uh, statistically, just based on the st stats, quarterback rating was the lowest it's been in four years. Yeah. Uh, and then as well as yards per completion, lowest it's been in six years. So he didn't have, honestly, that bad of a season last year. And I, I, have, to, I have to give it to you. You're not, you're not wrong there. And I want to dive a little bit more into the film to see exactly, um, you know, what he did well, what he didn't do well, uh, areas of weakness and things of that nature. Um, but this was something that I was, you know, I talked about. I didn't know if I wanted them to rush. You know, rush and make a decision and rush and deal somebody, you know, exhaust your options. You look at your options, bring some people in, do some stuff. Um, did I think it was going to happen this quick? No. Do I like them going with a guy like this right now before settling on a guy like Richard Sherman or dealing for somebody? Yes. Especially if he came in and had the good workout, which is what the reports are saying. Reports are saying he came in, he looked great, surprised everybody by how well he looked. And so they were like, all right, let's get this done. Let's get this guy in here and let's insulate ourselves. Um, again, solid sound move, solid sound decision, um, and a guy that I didn't I didn't know if we'd be able to get a deal done for a guy like Drake or Patrick. Um, you know, he's he's not been in the year the league a, a, like a decade. He's been in the league for eight years. Um, he's definitely a veteran. Um, but this isn't a guy who I, I think yet is on the the crux of of twilightness. Um, you know, he's probably still in what his prime would be for the next year or two. Um, so I wasn't sure if he wanted to come in and take a small deal. Looks like he's willing to do that. He's willing to come play for a contender, and that's good for the 49ers. It's not bad for the 49ers. No, it's not. It's somebody that understands Arizona. That he, he just spent a year there, so he understands the receivers there and what they're trying to do on offense, those offensive concepts. Those are things that are invaluable when you bring them in. you got Trent Sherfield that already knows that stuff, and when you're trying to get a little bit of a heads up, it's nice. But you bring in a veteran like this that understands how to play NFL defense um, you know, and, and what it takes day in and day out, you, that's the kind of guys you have to bring in and expect to step up. We don't have the guys at the back end yet. We have Diometer Lenore. We have Josh Norman. But right now, we don't have, know if we have Mosley. And then after that, you're in trouble. Dante Johnson did not have a good performance in week one. Uh, Ombre Thomas did not have a great performance in week one. Now, Ombre Thomas, I thought, was actually in a good position when he got beat on the pass. He's got to locate the football. But overall, through preseason, I haven't been impressed by his performance. I think he's still got a lot of development to do. I think that's why they've continued to talk to Sherman why they brought in Josh Norman, and now why they've brought in Kirkpatrick is they don't feel confident with that back end. Now, they don't want to lose Ombre Thomas because they know he can develop into something. They're not ready to give up on a third-round pick, but they definitely have to get through this season and make sure they have players that they can count on. I still think there's a possibility for Sherman down the road. I don't think Kirkpatrick Great. signing means that this is the end of the talk of Richard Sherman. Kyle Shanahan's relationship with Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman's relationship with John Lynch um, is very strong. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't call Richard Sherman and him say, hey, I have this timetable that I can be ready. Um, you guys need to do something on the interim. I can get ready. I can be ready to go by the bye, you know, just after the bye week by the Colts. Um, but I need to get my body right. I need to get my mental right. Whatever it is that he needs to work on. They have that kind of relationship, and they know they can trust him to, to tell the truth. And he, they're going to probably, I'm, I'm sure he, at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come in. 
when that happens, does that mean Kirkpatrick's gone? Does that mean somebody else is gone? Does that mean somebody like Andre Thomas goes on the IR? Um, those are all going to be interesting questions. I know Dante Johnson will be gone for the 800th time, um, and then he'll be signed back to the practice squad. Absolutely. Um, because he does not go away. Nope. Um, but it, it is it, that is still out there. And I think that relationship with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan will ultimately bring him back to the 49ers. At what point, I don't know. And how this the rest of the cornerback room is going to be constituted at that point is going to be interesting. Fair. By then, a lot of things are going to be answered. Is Norman being able to play well? Is Kirkpatrick able to play well? Is Emmanuel Mosley finally staying healthy? Once all these things are answered, then we'll have a better understanding of what we're going to get from Richard Sherman. Because the stat that I I, I showed you that I got from uh, Luna was from Luke Luna, yeah. yeah, Luke Luna was the fact that the 49ers actually played more zone coverage in this game uh, with Jason Brett, sixty-seven point four percent with Jason Brett than they did the year before with Richard Sherman at just over sixty-five percent. Um, so if you're going to run that much zone coverage, Richard Sherman makes sense for your defense. If you, The whole thought behind it was that we were going to run more man coverage than ever before. Now, it could have been game circumstance. You brought up maybe the fourth quarter skewed that a little bit. It could also be what they're playing against, the talent right at wide receiver. Um, they have a lot of speed, but they don't, they're not great receivers in route running and that sort of thing. So you don't have to worry about them sitting down in zones and making plays. So we need more context. We need more time. We'll see if this happens again in week two, week three, as we move forward. Uh, but it definitely makes the the idea of Richard Sherman coming in a definite possibility, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it happens sometime around the bye week. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that's the 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 way you'd have to look at it as a fan right now, and and just overall in general because of the reason you said right. There's no way his body is ready fully yet. Um, he needs time, and Richard Sherman's not going to lie about that. No. He's going to be honest. Uh, that's that's who Richard Sherman is, right? Like you can't bring me in here and expect me to be Richard Sherman uh, when I've been not you know prepping to play i've been worried about and focused on other things there's other things going on in his life that he's been dealing with so he needs time to get ready and that's okay for the 49ers uh, because like i said I, I didn't want you to rush into this anyway i didn't want you to rush and jump to richard sherman i, I felt richard sherman is the safety net so you bring in kirkpatrick now you've bought yourself some additional time is kirkpatrick an answer can mosley stay healthy is demo the real deal right is is demo the guy that he's looking like he could be 90 snaps a lot of snaps and he played pretty solid for most of it right yeah. but now he's gonna get a real test this this week coming into week two this is an actual test now because you have an actual legitimate wide receiving core with some speedy wideouts who also can get open in space Devonte smith showed a lot of good things um in that week one game against atlanta uh, he's able to get open in space um you know you got situations we got jj or sega whiteside a big bodied guy out there on the perimeter who can get open as well jalen rieger improving um Quintez Watkins, I think is what Quez Watkins or whatever his name. That guy is lights out quick. He's one of my favorite guys from the draft a couple years ago. Yeah, he's he's fast, fast, fast. Yeah. Um, and you know they, they're able to get him out in space. Kenny Gainwell had himself a nice little he game did. as well, both in the backfield and out in the slot when they moved him out there. So they have weapons. Uh, this Eagles team has weapons. So Diamond Lenore is going to get tested. Is Kirkpatrick ready? Is Norman ready? You know, are these guys going to be good to go? Are Mosley going to be good to go? There's a lot of questions heading into this week two game. And what makes it all the more nerve wracking, right, is the fact that you got Jalen Hurts, a very mobile quarterback back there in space um, who can extend things and give opportunities for these speedy wideouts to break coverage, break contain, and make big plays. The only good thing we got going for us is early observation of that game is it was checked down central from Jalen Hurts. It was. Jalen Hurts downs. was running backs. Um, everybody, receivers, check down, check down, check down, check down. Not a lot of things down the field, which is surprising because you just brought up all those guys with the great speed. So that might play into our you know, our favor where we can let them catch the ball underneath and then make tackles. 
Um, Yamanur Lenore, I don't know if he's ready to go. Like I said, once I watch the All-22 film, I'm going to have a better idea of how he is, but they, they got to feel somewhat more comfortable with him that he played the way he played, and he was able to execute and handle one side of the football field. Um, I don't think the Drake Kirkpatrick thing has anything to do with him. I think it's it has more to do with just you know the loss of Jason Brett and them needing to go ahead and restabilize this room. Well, and questions right about Mo- about Mosley. About Mosley, yeah. of, of course, because yeah, Kyle Shannon said, you know, he would want him to be able to play this week, but he's not sure he's going to be able to play this. He week. He hopes he can be ready to go this week. I don't think he's going to be ready to go. Um, if, and that's just that's just from the, the reading the tea leaves. Well, reading the tea leaves and the fact that you know he wasn't ready to go last week, you hope he's ready to go this week. Uh, with as much time as he's had to get ready and get healthy, not not a good sign. So, Alex, who starts? Who starts out there this don't, week? Don't do this. Yeah, because don't you, put this you on got me, man. you got you know you got Norman, you got Yamamoto, Lenore. Let let's say Mosley's out. Who are going to be the two corners out there for San Francisco against the Philadelphia Eagles? I would say it's Josh Norman, right? The money might dictate that. We don't know what the Kirkpatrick money is yet, but the money would dictate with the, all the incentive bonuses built in for him to earn up to an additional, what, million, million and a half in incentives, that Josh Norman would be the guy that's going to step out there opposite of Demo. I, I, w- I, would, I would argue that that's going to be the case. I don't know what the Kirkpatrick deal is. Um, I don't know where he's at in his conditioning level, right? Where he's at in terms of just level of preparedness and ready to play. I mean, you saw, right? You saw what San Francisco did. They brought in Josh Norman and then didn't even suit him. So could we see something similar to that in week two? Can you afford that with no Emmanuel Mosley? I don't think you can. Not now. I think he uh, has to suit up, but I don't think yeah. I don't think you're going to throw Kirkpatrick out there unless you absolutely have to. No, I think, I think you're right. I think you hit it on. I think Norman starts and then Yamamoto North starts opposite of him. And then you have Kirkpatrick that's sitting there in case you need you know need to go to him, whether that is an injury or circumstance where somebody's not playing well. You have that opportunity um, because you know if K1 Williams goes down right now, Diamond Lenore has to play in the in the slot at the nickel. Um, so if that happens, you, you're going to need Kirkpatrick to go out there because he is a better option than Dante Johnson, which is is I mean Dante Johnson did nothing to make you feel comfortable about him playing cornerback um, for you in games, which is sad. Because I thought he, overall he was having a pretty good training camp. He had a good camp. Yeah, and that did not translate at no. all. Um, I was actually wishing we had uh, Harris out there at that point. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, I think that, that this is a that'll probably be how it plays out. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point you you seen a Norman and Kirkpatrick grouping. Um, which if this was three years ago, everyone would be like, "Oh my gosh, oh the my Niners gosh. got themselves a cornerback this is, room." This is a this yeah. is a cornerback room here. Yeah, I tell you what, and this is we got some cornerbacks. So I, I think it's it's going to be an interesting game, interesting matchup, and how the 49ers, um figure this out, figure out this secondary room. We knew corner was going to be a question the whole time. Of course, I never knew. You you, you could have never told me. That we were at one point going to have Norman and Kirkpatrick as two of our corners, I wouldn't have believed you. No, I would have been like, "You crazy? Yeah. What for? What's the reasoning? Yeah." You gonna tell me Mosley and Verrett are both gonna go down by week one? Is that I'll what you're be honest? I, I'm kind of ready to party like it's 2016, and let's bring Richard Sherman back as well. Uh, we'll just have all. We just resign the whole Legion of Boom. Yeah, yeah, just bring all of them in. Well, I don't think any of them are really healthy besides Richard. No, that's about it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Though. Oh man, time, Father Time is just a cruel, cruel, cruel son of a gun. But those guys are still those guys are still at the age they can still play. Norman Sherman. And Kirkpatrick are all the 31 to 34 range. I think Sherman's 34 now. He's the oldest of the bunch. Yeah, and they can all still operate at a high level. I, I think they can also get it done. I don't. I mean, you're not going to be able to do the same things that you were able to do with them when they were in their 20s, but they can still operate at a high clip, be able to help the defense, especially in zone coverage schemes. 
They're, they know they know and understand route concepts. You're not getting anything by them. They're not going to suffer from a cerebral point of view. It's just can they get their body to do what it once could? And if they can, then they're 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 definitely going to be able to operate at a high level for this team. Yeah. A couple of the cutback crew have brought up too. They had mentioned this, and this was an immediate no for me. Uh, but they talked about Jimmy Ward. Who's moving Jimmy Ward to corner? Used to play corner. He was out there. Um, it's a no for me because of what we already saw from Jimmy Ward at corner. At times, playing on the outside is not a strength of Jimmy Ward. Well, the reason it's a no for me is because Jimmy Ward talked about the fact the reason he's played so much better at safety is because he knew what position he was going to actually play. The movement that Trent Baalke and them had him doing, going from corner to, to slot to safety, back and forth, was really messing with his psyche and messing with his abilities. He's a potential Pro Bowl safety for the 49ers. I definitely do not want him moving around. I want him playing that safety role. I want him in the box making plays. If you're telling me at certain situations he's going to play in the slot, he's going to come up and play the slot That's in certain fine. situations, That's I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with Jimmy Ward going and playing on the outside. And if that becomes an option for the 49ers, we are going to lose because he's not on the level of the other guys that we just talked about. Um, he will, He's definite behind them in the depth chart. It's not something they're considering, I wouldn't think. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to speak for them, but okay. I wouldn't think that they would expect they would do that. I don't think you make the move for Drake or Patrick if that is an option. No, no, I don't think so because I think you feel more comfortable with your safety depth um, because you do have Tavon Wilson, you do have Talanoa Ufanga. That if that was if you felt Jimmy Ward was a better option than Drake Kirkpatrick, you were going that option because you know those other guys could play safety at a pretty high level. You got you saw what you saw to Talanoa Hufanga. Tavon Wilson was starting opposite of Jimmy Ward for most of camp. You yeah, know, uh, you know up until the end of the run there. Um, I I don't think there's any reason to do that if you're that comfortable with Jimmy Ward. Um, but like I said, I, I'm, I've I've watched Jimmy Ward play enough corner to know that you know regardless of what it what that's just not. If you're having him try to do that on an every down basis, it's just not something he's going to have a lot of success with. He operates better in a safety role in which he can fluctuate, he can cover deep third, he can come down in the box when he needs to and focus on the run. Whatever you need him to do, he fits better in a safety mold than he did as a corner. He's not a natural corner. No. This is the same as Merton Hanks. Merton Hanks was a, a, a decent corner. He did the best he could, but when he shined is when he got to his natural position, which was free safety. And all of a sudden, he was making Pro Bowls and he was making big plays. And that's what Jimmy Ward does. That's where Jimmy Ward is the best. So you leave him in the positions where he can be the best, and you try to mask that other um, problem with a you know with a different player and insulate yourself a different way. I think they're doing an okay job. I, I was perfectly ready to come in and talk about what corners the 49ers could bring in, um, but sure. they wasted no time. They That's why they bring guys in for tryouts. That's why they get medical on all these guys, so they're prepared in case something happens. They are very aware of what their cornerback room looks like. They're very aware of where their weaknesses are. And they have players in mind in case they need to strike and make something happen, and that's what they're going to do right. That's what they're going to do right now. They got their guy in, and they're potentially preparing if they need to bring in another guy with Richard Sherman. Absolutely, and uh, you know what? Kudos to the 49ers. That's what you need to do. Um, there was a lot of questions coming out of Week One and coming out of uh, out of Sunday's game. Right, uh, less questions now. The questions that remain now are just: Is this? Can this group get it done? Right? Are the, can these guys get it done? Only time is going to be able to tell. There's no reason for anyone to panic one way or the other. Um, is it the same as Verrett? No. But it's never going to be the same as Verrett with Verrett gone for the season. So now you make the moves you need to make. You insulate yourself. And you try and do the best with the cards you've been dealt. You've again been dealt a pretty pretty, pretty cruddy yeah. hand. It's, it's not a great hand to have to play. But you have no choice. You have to play it. It's either that or fold. And if you fold, there's no chance to win. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know you're not going to be as strong in the secondary as you were with Jason Brett. He was your best secondary player. 
So when you lose them, you ha you have one option. You get you get that position as strong as possible. You just bring in the guys that are, are best capable, and then you strengthen another position, um, whether that is through scheme or that is you know some sort of stunts or whatever you got to do to take a little bit more of that stress off and try to get the defense to that level that you have with Jason Bright. You just have to do it in a different way. As a coach, that's just how you have to evaluate, how you have to do it. And you just look at him like, you know what? We're going to have to be smarter. We're going to have to scheme harder. We're going to have to figure this out. So we can make sure that we are going to get that same production, even though we don't have that player that is an elite player. And you're never going to be able to replace him. You know what I mean? You're just never going to be able to do it. And you just have to find ways to try to make the defense reach another level. Last year, the 49ers defense was way better than it should have been. They were able to figure out a way to mask the problems, to put duct tape out there on these guys um, and get it done, even though they're missing all those guys and still at a top five defense. So I think the 49ers can overcome because I trust their defensive philosophy. And I also trust Kyle Shanahan when it comes to defense. He learned a lot of defensive stuff when he was in Tampa Bay with Monty Kiffin and all those guys that were there. Um, Herm Edwards, I mean, they had, they had defensive minds there. And he learned from all those guys. And, and I think he has a very good understanding of defense. And that's why he is invaluable also for D'Amico Ryans, because he understands what it takes to win in the NFL on offense and defense. Very, very crucial. It's very important. And now Kyle just needs to heed the words of one Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Oh, yeah. Don't play to just get out of there and escape, Kyle. Keep playing to win, and this team is going to be A-OK. -okay. It's going to be just fun. I think he figured that out. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why he, I mean, yeah. right after the press conference, he, he acknowledged it immediately. He got caught up in the moment. And you talked about that, right, too, as yeah. a coach. I would have, I never had to deal with this. And you, I've had some teams that I've coached where we relied heavily on a very, a very select few members of the team. Those guys stayed healthy the whole year. If one of those guys had gone down at any point in time ever, uh, it would have been very, very hard for me to want to pull the trigger and keep the other ones out there, especially if it was a situation where we were up a lot. Um, it would have been very hard to keep, you know, keep that fortitude to be able to go, all right, you know what, because you're looking at it going, we just lost a key piece. For how long, we don't know, but it's not looking good. I'm going to make sure I don't lose the rest of these guys as well. Yeah, in a game situation, it's a little bit more complicated than practice. I've had practices where we've had a couple of guys go down, and you're just like, you know what? Nobody's mental is here. Nobody's psyche is right. It's time to shut it down. We'll live to fight another day. Um, and But that's a practice. You know, those things happen. Easy to do in practice. OTAs, Kyle did that, right? Yeah. Shut it down. When you're in a game situation, though, the injury can do one or two things. Number one, when the injury happens, it can seep into people's minds that, uh-oh, like this could happen. Like I need to be, a, I need to be careful. I need to be, you know, concerned. And so people pull up a little bit on contact or maybe they don't go full speed and then you're running a bigger risk of getting injured. Um, or the other way you can do it is do like Kyle did and pull them off the field. And then the same thing happens though, because now everyone's going kind of through the motions because you know, now the game is supposed to be out of reach. So you're maybe not playing it the way you would, even though your backups are in, um, may, they understand that you have a 41 to 17 you know, lead. And it kind of changes the mindset because you, you're not as aggressive anymore. Now you're playing zone coverage. Now you're just trying to make the tackle underneath. You're basically telling them, catch, let them catch the ball and then tackle them underneath. Once the mindset changes and you bring those guys off the field, everything changes. I think if they have to do it all over again, you still go with somewhat of a prevent defense, um, but you leave your guys out there to make the plays because those are the guys that can get it done. And plus, you don't want those guys to let that seep into their mind that um, injuries you know, are, are back. You just go ahead and play and you let the cards fall as they may. Absolutely, man. That that's all you can do. Um, that that's what you have to do. That's the way to approach it. And you know what? I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be something that they've learned from. It's now ingrained in all of their heads. And the next time a situation like this arises, you don't see the same result or the same situation uh, come about. 
Uh, but this isn't the only injury, right? This isn't the only thing going on in 49ers land. This this cornerback room is the big one. It has the biggest impact. Uh, but you had Greenlaw going down, right? We talked about it with the groin stuff. He came out for a bit. Um, not a lot really update-wise on that. We're going to kind of see. It's going to be a kind of a day-to-day sort of thing with Greenlaw in terms of where he's at and where he's feeling. They're definitely going to slowly get him there and build him to a point where they feel or and he feels he's comfortable enough to try and go and do some stuff this week. Again, Wednesday will be a great barometer to see where Greenlaw is at. We need Greenlaw against yeah. the Eagles. Um, the way that he was able to tackle and bring guys down at the point of contact, you know, on these check down plays to running backs, we need this guy. He's a he's a very solid tackler. Um, I might argue actually the, the best tackler on the football team. It seems like whenever he gets his arms on people, um, he brings them to the ground. And it's even better than Fred Warner. Uh, that is an area where he excels better than Fred. Um, Fred has a lot of areas where he excels better than everyone else, but that is, I think this is one where Dre wins. <laughs> um, but if we have him, uh, Warner, and Al Shire out there, I feel very comfortable with this defense going against Philly. I feel a lot more comfortable with those guys and their speed matching up with Jalen Hurts and what he can do on the outside. Um, you want these guys playing against this zone, zone read scheme when they run it. And I think that they can do it. And they can also stop Sanders at the point of attack. Um, Al Shire, I mean, he came out of nowhere. As far as he looked like a man possessed playing in this game, mm-hmm. played very physical. And I thought overall, every single player was feeding off the physicality and they were all, all the defensive players were playing physical. So Dre Greenlaw is a very key point to the, the 49ers defense. I will be way concerned, way concerned if he doesn't play because I know that the next guy in is um, Flanagan Foles. And to me, Flanagan Foles still lacks in a lot of, a lot of areas. And then Marcel Harris was, you know, had a little, a little bit of an issue um, with the leg. So He's got to get he's got to get healthy. Marcel Harris, I think, will help a lot in the pass game. And maybe he's a guy you can go to because the running backs and so forth out of the flat are something the Eagles are going to be doing a lot of. Uh, but I worry about Flanagan Foles if we have to go there. I, I think that is an issue. You wonder if they eventually bring Nathan Jerry up or, or make him one of the active guys and see what he can do. I don't think it'll be right away, but they brought him back for a reason. Definitely. It might have been to get some insight on the Eagles coming into this Could be. as well. Um, that would be a smart move. That would be a smart move. Um, you know, I can I can tell you from the things that I watched with this Eagles team, a lot of outside zones, they don't like running up the gut too much. And when they did, they didn't have a lot of success. Could have just been the front they were playing against. But I would imagine even if it's the, if that's the front you're having issues with, um, you may have some issues against San Francisco as well, especially if you're able to get a healthy Kinlaw back out on the field. Um, you know, he, he's slowly trending closer to being ready to go. Uh, and I don't think he's quite there yet, and it's not. The reports don't seem to be that he's there yet, but he's getting closer. Yeah, Kyle Shannon said he had four good days. It's good, and that he on Sunday when they got him in through his workout, that he did really well. That's even I think better. they are completely optimistic that he's going to play this week, minus a setback. So hopefully we don't get a setback. Hopefully we get him, you know, out there practicing on Wednesday, and that he'll be he'll be a okay and ready to go. Because if he is, the defensive interior of this defensive line gets significantly better. And people will be able to see the impact that Kinlaw means to this roster. Maybe it'll silence a little bit of the, you know, he's a bust kind of stuff. Um, because I think that it's all that doesn't come from his play, but comes from injury, um, which right now is warranted. He missed the first football game for not being, you know, for not being out there. You got to be available and ready to play. Um, but he needs to step it up and he needs to go play, you know, 16 more football games and ho- help the 49ers team win because we need him, especially as the season progresses. There's going to be opportunities especially when we get into against divisional opponents oh, yeah. where he needs to go out there and he needs to make plays because we need his presence in the middle of our defense. Absolutely. He's going to need to step up in a big way. He's going to have to, um, and he's going to need to be healthy in order to do that. So hopefully no setbacks. We're able to get Ken Law out there. Should help with the interior run stuff, which should make more problems for the Eagles. And then it's about focusing on 
right? That outside zone that they like to run, getting Miles Sanders out there in space, those read options they like to run with Jalen Hurts and getting him out and around the edge, uh, an area that Eric Armstead at times has struggled with is those read options. So he's going to yeah. have a test this week, as well as just Bosa and Ford and Ebucom being out there and having to operate against this outside, more of an outside zone scheme of the Philadelphia Eagles with their run game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how that pans out for the 49ers. And then there's still Brandon Ayuk. Everything that happened with him, Ghost Ayuk, as I'm starting to call him now, just didn't appear or show up in the stat line in any sort of reasonable way for the 49ers. With him expected to go, many people thought Brandon Ayuk was going to be a key cog in the offense and a piece in the offense. Week one, not the case. Kyle talked about it a little bit after a postgame and spoke to Brandon Ayuk. Essentially, you know, he's been dealing with the hammy for the last 10 days. You know, Sherfield has had an incredible camp. And is really not surplanted, but has definitely put himself in the category. Um, from the comments Kyle made, what did you take from them about Sherfield and about Ayuk at this point in time? I think first off, he's saying to Trent Sherfield that we recognize what you're doing. Um, keep putting that forth. And the recognition that Sherfield is better option than the 49ers have had as a number three receiver in the past. Um, he kind of alluded to that, that before, you know, they would have needed Debo or Brian Ayuk to come back last year sooner than probably they should have or play more snaps than they should have because they didn't feel comfortable with who was behind them. So Sherfield has been an upgrade, and that's great. And, and I think on the other hand, I think he's throwing a little bit of blims. I do. I think he's throwing a little bit of blims over at um, at Brandon Ayuk and just letting this guy know, like, hey, Trent Sherfield is on you right now. Um, when you're healthy, you need to get out there and you need to make plays and you need to get things done. I don't think it's an all-the-way doghouse thing like people are saying. I don't think that Kyle Shanahan is down on Brandon Ayuk at all. I think that this is kind of a little bit of the injury thing coupled with he hasn't had the best camp. He dropped footballs in preseason games, and Kyle's letting him know, like, hey, if you don't get it done, I don't care if you're a first-round pick. Um, somebody else will start over you because all I care about is the best player being out there. I don't care when you were drafted. And, and you know, a lot of people will look at your football team, and they'll get upset, like, oh, well, you drafted this guy. You made the mistake with this guy. Kyle doesn't look like that. Look at it like that because he looks at it like, yeah, we might have missed on a draft pick, but we, we scored on a, a free agent. Um, so as long as he's getting the production from his team and it, it ends up being playoff wins and possibly a Super Bowl win, he doesn't care who's out there performing. But what he's letting everyone know is if you don't you know reach the potential that you're supposed to reach and you don't play to levels that you're supposed to play, then somebody else is going to have an opportunity to take your spot. So you better get out there and get it done. I think that's the blim he's throwing. And I, I think all the while, though, I think they were trying to limit Brandon Ayuk's snaps a little bit because – um, 25 snaps sounds pretty good for somebody that's coming off a hamstring, especially in the last 10 days. You don't want him to re-injure it. You don't want a Debo situation from last year because, you know, if you get a pull, he's going to be out for a long time. Correct. And look, this is what, I mean, look at Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons when Julio Jones wasn't on the field, their pass game suffered tremendously. Um, they didn't have as many options. You had one guy that you could really turn to in Calvin Ridley, and they didn't have a, a playmaking threat of a tight end. No Julio Jones in Atlanta this year? Pass game struggled mightily in, in the first game of the season. Against a, a very much improved Philadelphia Eagles defense, I, I will give them that. Um, but this is this has been the case for the 49ers in the past, right? If someone goes down, pass game starts to struggle because you don't have as many threats, you don't have as many options out there. Trent Sherfield has definitely elevated himself, and I believe the comments speak to two things. The first being that Sherfield has elevated himself into the category of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk in Kyle Shanahan's eyes. Fair. Very warranted. Sherfield had himself one heck of a preseason and then built on it in week one with an incredible route in the red zone and a real big catch on one of the third downs in which he gets open in the zone, sits down, makes a beautiful catch, gets down in space. 
wonderful is exactly what you need from this team a guy who can go make plays when you need to make them you also know he's a deep threat at all times he's shown it in the preseason so this is a guy who's played and elevated himself into that category as those two which is great news for the 49ers it's actually not a bad thing because if someone's not 100 healthy you don't necessarily have to scrap them entirely you can just interchange the piece which is a good thing for the 49ers um, but I think it was more that than anything else. I do think there's obviously a kick in the butt for Ayuk, but that's more of just a, you know, hey, you know, you're not ne- you're not necessarily wide receiver yeah. one. We may not even have a wide receiver one anymore. That's more of just a kick in the butt in that regard. But I think it's more of they were just protecting Brandon. And I'm going to reserve the right to change that opinion once the All-22 film comes out. Because if the All-22 film comes out and Brandon Ayuk just laid an absolute goose egg, wasn't getting open, didn't look like he was, you know... Uh, didn't look like he was able to get open in space or anything, then I'll be like, all right, you know what? Maybe there's something more, a little more to this once the All-22 film comes out and sees it. But from a few of the plays that I did get a good chance to see Ayuk running routes on, that didn't seem to be the case. Ayuk seemed to be open. He just didn't seem to be the primary target. Someone else was. And when the primary target and option and read is open, you're going to take it because that's where you want, Kyle wants you to go with the football. And that's what he was grilling into Trey Lance and to Jimmy Garoppolo, right, in, with his system. You know, if I need you to put the ball here in space to this guy, you put the ball in space here to this guy and do it You know when you're supposed to do it. Don't just start winging things out there and doing what you want to do. So it'll be interesting to see how this continues to progress with Ayuk. Not concerned yet. No reason to hit the panic button. No. And all 22 film is going to ex- not expose, but shine light on this wide receiver room and the wide receiver situation. I think it's a good thing right now that Sherfield has played himself into this category. It's not a bad thing. But once you get a healthy Ayuk back in the fold and back in full force, I think it's an even better thing for the 49ers. If he was really struggling to get open, Kyle Shanahan would say. Oh, 100%. He'd be in the doghouse right now. Kyle, Kyle was giving Debo a little bit of crud for not catching that slant from Jimmy. and That was know, not a good throw by No, Jimmy. it was not. And that's just how Kyle does with receivers. Kyle <laughs> is very hard on receivers. It's true. Um, and, yeah, he would he would definitely said it to Brandon. He said he hasn't talked to Brandon Ayuk at all. They asked if Brandon Ayuk was upset. He said, oh, I haven't talked to him. I'm sure I'll talk to him sometime on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> it really just acted like no big deal. Um, so maybe That's it's not stuff. a big deal. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is their starting. That's the only thing that makes me question. He's a starting punt returner. Um, so he was healthy enough to punt return, but not healthy enough to be targeted, huh? Um, yes, it's Blim Central. Um, so we'll see what happens. I we'll don't see. think he's in a doghouse by we'll any see. means. Um, but I, I wouldn't even wouldn't even be surprised if Brian Newick doesn't come out this week against Philly and have a big game, because Kyle, you like we've talked about before, he will find guys to target to use um, certain matchups that he needs to take advantage of. Obviously, Debo Samuel is that guy. We we heard Dan Campbell talking about Debo, all the things that he can do. Uh, he wasn't wrong. Uh, they just couldn't stop it. Nope. And you, the Eagles struggled with Brandon Ayuk a little bit last year. Brandon Ayuk might be that that reason again. So, or he could be a decoy all over again. Who knows? He could. You yeah. know, what I mean, maybe he could. I, I do expect for him to get targeted this time. I hope so. Um, he was he was definitely not targeted. Yeah, it's now risky. The 49ers wide receiver room felt like it was a very safe space where you could count on Devo to get some points. You could count on. Uh, D, uh, Brandon to do some things, and now with the addition of Sherfield into the mix with George Kittle, um, it's a, it's it's a it's a crapshoot. But overall, all five guys played in this game, and all five guys had some sort of impact, including Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings with some great blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is some of the, an area where he was going to be successful. They talked about bully season with the wide receivers, and it was there. And it was nice to see. And Mohamed Sanu also had a, you know a, a very nice catch in the red zone. Um, so you see the traits and characteristics that each one of these guys have and how they can benefit the roster. Um, so once again, it's, it's so far, it's a nice billing. And one thing I'll say is Trent Sherfield, whether he's, you know, wide receiver one, two or three, it doesn't matter. 
What he is is that core group, those top three, is an improvement over the last few years of the 49ers wide receiver room, minus when they got um, Emmanuel Sanders. But even then, I would argue that these three together are better than those three. I would argue that that is the case as well. These three together are significantly better. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is definitely an upgrade in certain areas. And when you get Jalen Hurt healthy and out in the field with Jawan Jennings, man, that's going to be dangerous. Don't, don't do that to me. I kind of put him on the back burner right now. You're putting him on the back burner? I'm not willing to do he's that. He's on IR, out of sight, out of mind. He's not able to practice, which means he's not able to run through my mind right now. There. Let's keep him, let's keep him out. Once he's ready to come back, um, I will reestablish this. But right now, the train is stuck at the bus or at the stop. I'm waiting, and I'm just patiently waiting. Okay, we'll wait to see then what happens with Jalen Hurd. But this wide receiver room overall right now looking phenomenal, looking fantastic. It is. It Kyle is. Shanahan's ability to diagnose and understand wideouts and get them into a system and right bring out the best in them continues to be the case, as is the running back room. He just seems to be a right a, an athlete in space whisperer. He just gets it. Well, and they didn't face third downs. Also true. Um, so they had certain plans, I'm sure, for third down. You have third down plays. You know, I'm going to these third and five. You know, third and eight. Everything is on your play card. You know what you're going to call in these certain situations. We don't get to third down until the third quarter. Um, it's it's a different type of, of game plan. That's how you know the Four ers were executing that high of a level on offense. They were really taking it to the Detroit Lions early in this game. First down pitch. Oh yeah, gets a first down. What? First down pitch. Also got a first down. I guess we'll do a first down play action pitch then on the next one. Yeah, <laughs> see get what it, happens. Get it to Kittle and exactly. Kittle make it, it was just a very well thought out game plan. By the time Kyle Shanahan got through his scripted plays, they already had a couple touchdowns. Uh, this is what you want from your offense, and I think that is something we can take away from this: is the offense executed at a high level, it executed exactly how they wanted, showed all the window dressing and motions and things that they were going to do. And if I'm Philly, I'm, I'm I know I have a lot to prepare for because you don't know what Trey Lance is going to do when he's in there. And you know right now that Jimmy Garoppolo is executing at a high level. Philly didn't see Jimmy last year. They saw Mullins. And they didn't see this Jimmy at all. I think Jimmy's mm-hmm. going to have himself a very, very nice year. Definitely. Um, maybe even running out to go pick him up in fantasy type of year. We'll wait to see what <laughs> happens. Uh, but look, here, here's the thing, right? With this offense, we talked about this. When we talked about our offensive breakdowns and our defensive breakdowns, one side of the ball doesn't necessarily have to have its best game if the other one's operating at an extremely high level. Right now, the 49ers offense is operating at an extremely high level. And for the first three quarters of that game, the defense was operating at a high level as well. Defense fell off, and it didn't matter because the offense did too much. Same thing here now coming into week two with Philadelphia. There's some question marks on the defense. You don't necessarily need your defense to operate at its peak, at its best right now, if the offense can operate at its A-plus game. So if the offense continues to do the things that it's going to do, it's going to buy the defense and D'Amico Ryan's time to figure out the strategy it needs to implement and and put together with the pieces you currently have in order to have success on the other side of the football and get enough stops for us to win games and help us continue to put up a lot of points. Yeah, another thing to take into consideration is when your offense is executing at a high level like that, it means they're not on the field very long. And when they're not on the field very long, your defense is on the field longer. And the 49ers defense was on the field a long time, 90 plays for Diomedo Lenore. Um, that's a lot of snaps, especially in week one. You don't get in football shape until you play football, and especially in football games, got the adrenaline you got the emotion all that goes into it It usually takes you a couple weeks to really get it going plus you've had these guys that haven't played very much preseason right fred warner barely played um you had guys that barely played so it's going to take these guys a little bit of time so are we surprised that late in the game these guys gassed a little bit i'm not surprised at all um and i think that overall this is going to be just fine i look for kyle shannon to come out maybe i mean yeah you want to score points early and often um, but maybe a more concerted effort to run the football in early downs to try to keep his defense off the field. 
But in the same regard, D'Amico Ryans in this defense needs to get off the field on third down. If they were getting off the field on third down consistently, it wouldn't matter what was going on with the offense because then you're just getting off after three plays. But there were times where drives were extended and Goff was able to execute plays on third down. TJ Hawkinson getting more first downs than I would have liked. And that is something they got to clean up because that's the most important thing for a defense is getting off the field on third down. If you do that and you create an occasional turnover, um, you're going to win a lot of football games. So they got to get that done. Absolutely. They're going to need to get it done. Uh, Cutback crew, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. Some sombering news um, while we were recording this. Former 49ers edge rusher Paris Harrelson passed away, age of 37. Uh, Harrelson family, thoughts and prayers with you as well as the rest of the faithful. Everyone's thinking about you and your family at this time. Uh, very sad to hear that. Yeah, that's too bad. You know, that, that really is. As somebody that, you know, you know, is so young, you know, and, and to pass away life, you know, gone. Um, Paris Harrelson was a, a good football player, you know, um, and I remember him fondly here in San Francisco. So, yeah, well wishes to his family. Uh, this is definitely a tough time. Um, nothing you ever want to have happen, and it's unfortunate. It is. It truly is. 49ers fans and, and the faithful are, are thinking about you. The organization's definitely thinking about you as well and, and your family. And uh, we wish you all the best and, and hope for you know some peace in this time and, and some peace for him as well. Uh, sombering news to end the episode on, Ant, but let us know what you thought about the breakdown. Let us know what you thought about the Kirkpatrick signing. Are you excited about it? Um, Mostert on the shelf, you frustrated, you angry, you just ready to be done with this guy, or you know, is it just unfortunate and tough situation? The rest of the injuries as well, you worried, you concerned, or do you think this team is going to be a okay? It's heading in the right direction. We got a tough week two matchup, but we're going to be just fine. Let us know in the comment section below. And while you're down there, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and give some love to Paris Harrison while you're down there as well. Yeah, early on in this week is going to be about breaking down what happened in Detroit and all the questions that surround. Uh, the team and then as we get to later in the week it turns our attention to philly in preparation for that uh, and i'm excited for all of it there's going to be a lot of cool content that comes out and i'm excited to get into all the conversations but i want to hear from what the 49ers you know faithful are thinking what the 49ers cutback crew is thinking about these situations and these players are the 49ers doing the right thing are the 49ers bringing the right guys do they need to bring in richard sherman i think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered and a lot of great conversations and different perspectives is always welcome so I am looking forward to that conversation. Absolutely. We're going to have a lot of fun conversations this week. Still a lot of fun stuff coming to you from this channel. So stick tuned. Make sure you're notified. Hit that bell. That way you don't miss any of it. And until the next one, 49ers fans and the Cutback crew, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.